Many, many blessings, and welcome to this next session on surrendering to the highest good for all and seeing the magic and wonders unfold in your life. So we are going deeper, even more deep, and tuning in from our last session on surrender and remembering. In this session, we'll be exploring why surrender. Why surrender? What is the benefit? How to align with the highest good for all, not the intention or way of the ego. What happens when we do this and how do we practice it? So much love to you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's our joy to share with you. Much love. Congratulations for your wonderful presence and being interested in these things. This is very deep. Not many souls have an interest. I remember when I first heard about the word surrender, I remember thinking, oh, I don't know about that. Sounds a bit, a bit dangerous, you know, a little bit. Because the ego has ideas and we want to do what we want to do and we have our whole little program that we're into and things that we're doing. So this idea of surrender initially for most of us feels, you know, it, we just don't like it, quite frankly. And it takes a while to understand what it even means because surrender normally means things like if there's a war and they surrender to the other army, they put up their white flag and they say, okay, we surrender, fine. And same thing with, you know, boxing. They might just give up, you know, and say, okay, fine, I'm finished. What we're talking about here is something else. It's the same word. But we're talking about surrendering the limited ego that has a very limited idea about what's possible for life and for ourselves and for our success. And surrendering our energy in our time to being in a beam of light that is the highest good for all. So if you think about it, there's all sorts of options in life. We have millions and millions of options every day. It might not look like it, but we, we can choose what we think, what we say, how we relate to people, what, whether we go online or don't go online, how much time we spend on different things, what we do with our practices, what we eat, what we drink. So there's all these endless things. And the ego tends to just do the same thing it always did over and over again in its little limited box. And so we end up with the same sort of situations, the same sort of relationships. Surrender means to break out of that little box into an unlimited relationship with life in the universe. <laughs> it's really quite fascinating. So we are letting go of our limited, neurotic, lower self and aligning with this unlimited potential of the universe and going with the flow that the higher version of life is trying to help us align with. 
what's beautiful is that we're aligning with and surrendering to what is already true. What is already true. In a sense, it's like we're letting go into the highest future and calling that is beckoning us. You know, we've talked a lot in this miracle series about vision and and how vision is also premonition. It's true vision. True vision is premonition. What life is asking of us? What is this benevolent field of life in which we are all interconnected asking of me, asking of you? And so it's really allowing that, which is, you know, the most beautiful thing we could allow. In the last session on surrender, Michael was asking me about uh, what I do when I surrender. What's an example? And at the moment, off the top of my head, I spoke about the heavy backpack and how we take off that heavy backpack and it feels like such a relief. And that is part of it because in order to surrender and let go, we have to take off the heavy backpack and baggage of all of our limited ego conditioning negative stuff. Otherwise, we, we can't do it. There's, there's too much weight. And another example came to mind this week that I think is a really, really good one. When I was a child, I was on the swim team. I was on the swim team and maybe many of you listening were too. Maybe it's a common thing for children. So my favorite thing about being close to the water and about that experience, my favorite thing was the back dive. I loved the back dive. If any of you listening have experienced that, then you'll know what I mean. And I was really young. I certainly didn't have any spiritual influences or anything like that growing up. But there was something that felt so good about standing on the edge of that diving board, putting my arms up in the air, and just leaning back and falling into the water. And just the amount of trust that that takes. And I think it can be like that with surrender. We are leaning back. There's that vulnerability. And back diving into the ocean of love the ocean of light, the ocean of the highest good for all. Because when I fell back into that water, every single time I was safe, every single time I was held, carried. And so the symbolism for us of back diving into, we know we're, we're able to trust and we're able to surrender because we know what we are letting go into and it's the integrity of that energy field of truth that ocean of truth that ocean of love it's the power and integrity of that and that alone that gives us the strength to surrender 
beautiful story, beautiful story. I remember that as well. It's uh, initially it's scary because you know that it's water behind you, but it still is a little bit scary to start with. But what a beautiful feeling when you just land in there. Ah, yes, they do that sort of thing in um, team building retreats and whatnot, where people fall backwards and they have to catch the person, you know, to learn to trust life and other people. So surrender also removes anxiety. It might cause anxiety initially, and that's the funny thing. It might cause anxiety, but then it releases anxiety, which is quite funny. I remember one time when I was living in Hawaii and I couldn't pay my bills and I I literally thought I've got no way of getting any money and if I don't pay it they'll kick me out of my house so I could be living on the streets in like two weeks and obviously I didn't particularly like that idea I couldn't get money from anyone else couldn't borrow money so I just had to let it go and say if it if it's honestly the highest good of all to sleep on the beach which is not that bad really sleeping on the beach then so be it and a couple of days later someone just gave me a bunch of money for something that I was doing and unexpectedly and I was able to pay my rent like literally like one day before it was due And as part of that surrender, because there's so many elements of that, there is the surrender of life saying, yes, I'm rising to meet you. Yes, I'm supporting you. And we better get it together so this doesn't happen again. (laughs) Right? Because what happened after that, Michael? Then I learned my lesson that there needs to be a system in place for generating wealth. So that life was trying to help organize everything. So we have to learn from the lessons. So one is that these challenging things come, then we really let go and we ask ourselves, what is this trying to teach me? What do I need to learn? What do I need to change? And the ego wants to carry on doing exactly the same things in the same way, whatever it's used to, eating the same food, having the same business activities, same relationships. But it's not going to work. We we have to change ourselves and our lives and our relationships and our diet (laughs) and our thoughts. And if he didn't learn that lesson, yes, life was there to support him, wanted him to stay. If he didn't learn that lesson, however, and if he just said, okay, I'm just going to surrender, you know, every month and somehow someone's going to give me a bunch of money and it will work out. There would probably come a point where it didn't work out because life would be saying, no, I'm not going to continue supporting this. I want you to empower yourself. I know a woman where that's what she did. She just wouldn't have the money every single month with rent and children. And she would start texting everyone she knows. I would get these text messages too. Please, you know, these desperation calls. Of course, we all love her and love the children have mercy. But it comes to a point where all of life, that energy field is saying, no, you have to take responsibility. So this is another interesting aspect of surrender that's so important to connect with because it's not something we can abuse in the sense of not taking responsibility for our life. Yes, that's right. There's 
there's secrets in life. The point of what we're talking about basically is that life has a flow and we can either stay stuck in our comfort zone or we can align with the highest good for all. What is the highest good for all? What is life trying to teach you? What is life asking of you? So just tune into it. Can you think of a time where some challenge happened and life was trying to give you some inspiration in a, to change something? Can you think of something like that? And even if it was difficult, you surrendered to doing that thing. And then things got better. starts off pretty subtle. Life is so benevolent and loving and we'll just start with a really gentle, gentle nudge, right? And if we receive that awareness and surrender into it at that time, it's quite graceful. But it will get louder and louder and stronger and stronger and potentially more and more painful if we're not listening, if we're not in that communion with life, in that in that surrender. So there's this beautiful, intimate relationship with life. What is life teaching me? What is life asking of me? And I surrender to the highest good for all. So we either get the message and surrender to the highest good, the flow of life, or we don't get the message. And we gradually gets worse and worse until we have got no choice. The secret is to try and get that message quickly before it gets too painful you know and this applies to relationships to our health to what we eat what we drink what we think how we spend our time um, how we deal with our work and our money and everything else it applies to everything there's a wonderful book which i highly recommend called the surrender experiment by michael singer um, some of you might have read that book and it's a story about how he started out having the awareness one day that he was sitting on the couch and he realized that he had this voice in his head. It was a moment of awkward silence and he realized there was a voice that was saying, what should I say next? What should I do next? And it was the first time he realized there's this voice in his head. And it was a very subtle thing, but after that he started wondering, why is this voice always here? And what is it trying to tell me? And what is it going on and on about? So then he started getting into meditation to try and deal with this voice. And he decided that the best thing he wanted to do was to get rid of that voice and come into a state of peace. So he started practicing different meditation methods. And at one point he managed to stop the voice temporarily and open up to a profound state of peace and silence. And, and then the voice came back as it does. And 
As time went on, he started noticing this voice more and more and more, and he noticed that his voice had preferences. That he, the voice basically was talking into him, the mind. I don't like this, I do like this. I want this, I don't want this. This is all the preferences. So we all have this voice in our head saying, why didn't so-and-so say that? I want this and I don't want that. And it's going on and on and on and on. And he finally decided to surrender to what life is presenting him. Instead of listening to that voice and all the endless nonsense and preferences, he started saying, okay, what is life telling me to do? So he was given opportunities. For example, he wanted to be free from his his whole university and college work. And then one day he was asked to teach somebody what he'd learned. And he didn't want to do it. He wanted nothing to do more with college. But he, his voice said, no, 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 no. And he said, you know what, I'll do it. And that situation ended up allowing him to pass some exams, which he wouldn't have normally done. So he just kept surrendering to things that kept happening. And then he was asked to put on a retreat, which he didn't want to do at all. And he said, okay, fine. <laughs> so he didn't listen to the voice. And as a result of that, he started creating this wonderful spiritual community where people would come to his house and meditation. Then some time later, the police came to his house and they were he was a bit worried what he was doing. And they said, is this your house? And he said, yes. He said, well, we really like it. Can you build us an extension on our house? And he didn't want to, you know, do the police's building work, but he said, okay, fine. So he just kept saying yes, kept saying yes. And he ended up building a billion dollar software company down the road because just by saying yes to what life was offering. And if he'd said no, to all these things, none of this stuff would have happened. In the book, it's very interesting. He connects all these things back to back to back to back. That all the good things in his life came from him noticing what life was trying to tell him. And instead of having resistance, he surrendered to the highest good for all. And then miracles and wonders started happening. And the beautiful irony of his story, which we can relate to, perhaps those of you listening can relate to, is he just wanted to be a yogi meditating by himself on his land. That's all he wanted. <laughs> but life had a different plan. It was such an interesting story because he never left that land. Of his original intention is he got some friends together and they built him. They Together he learned how to build and they build this small space. And then what comes of that, everything came to him. That's the wonder, everything came to him. And he was just learning and he was surrendering and opening. He shares in a story to just open, open, open. And it's just a phenomenal story how the, some things, we don't realize why they're coming to us, we don't typically know the real significance but one connection leads to another and if that didn't happen then that wouldn't have happened if I didn't say yes to that 
this glorious gift down the road wouldn't have happened. So life is benevolent and wanting to, oh, just wanting to like lift us into this heavenly state and existence. We just have to allow it. It's a fascinating book. It's worth reading that book just to give you a flavor of these things. So life is really trying to help us out every day. And are we listening? Are we really paying attention? Or are we stuck in a rut doing the same things and not even realizing it? Because we are creatures of habit. So we like doing the things that we're used to doing. I remember when I was 18, I was feeling awful. And my mother kept asking me to to go to this meditation class for years, for like four years, from 14 to 18, she would bring this up again and again and again. And I was always like, no, no, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. But finally, I couldn't ignore life because I was so miserable and, and felt such pain in my heart that I finally went to the class. And that class completely changed my life completely changed my life because I was pulled out of my body and saw a vision of my future. And I wouldn't have had that happen to me if I hadn't finally surrendered and said, okay, sure, I'll go to your class. And that literally changed my entire life right there. So for me, it had to get really bad. I had to feel absolutely terrible and nothing was making me feel better. So I had no way, nowhere to go, nowhere to hide, nothing to do, nothing worked. So we have to listen to these things. Our and I, when we came to Sedona for the first time, we came here almost by mistake. We actually went on a business trip around America and went to this conference and we had an extra week and we were going to stay in Chicago where the business trip was. And I, was, and I think it was Ariel's mother, actually. She's like, why would you want to spend an extra week in Chicago? <laughs> Why don't you go to Sedona instead? And we thought, I'd never heard of Sedona. And we were like, all right, why not? So we just surrendered to it. Normally we don't don't listen to Ariel's mother's advice at all, to be quite honest. I'm, I'm sure you might have the same thing with your uh, uh, mother-in-laws and whatnot. But we thought, you know, maybe this is a sign from the from the universe. So we came here and we thought, this is a fascinating place. What a beautiful place. And we actually liked it so much that we decided to rent a place here. While we were staying, we thought, let's find a little place to rent so we can come back. And we end, we went back to Kauai. And I remember being on this beautiful beach, Lumahai Beach, where people get their wedding photos taken and it's just perfect. But I wanted to be back here in Sedona. And we ended up not coming back, actually, letting go of that house for a few years. But then we got this message, we've really got to leave. Something just didn't feel right about being in Kauai anymore. Much as it's a beautiful island and everything's lovely. And we just went for it. We, we took a backpack. We just had one backpack each, a little suitcase. And we stayed with a friend's house. He wanted to, to stay in our house. We stayed in his house. And we said to ourselves, look, if this is supposed to work out, then something's going to happen. And we went online and we 
within, I think, two and a half or three days, we found a, a beautiful place to live that was in the middle of nowhere, like far away from the place, completely silent. It was so quiet that Ariel actually fell to tears because Kauai is very loud with all these chickens everywhere running around. It was so quiet, complete pin drop silence. And these people who put their their guest house up to rent had been turning people down and they're very, very particular. And they met us and they said, no, these are the people for us. And they'd literally just put it, put it there, made it available just before we got there. The chance, honestly, the chances of us finding that house was extremely unlikely. And we thought, all right, well, that's a sign from the universe right there. So we ended up just moving here and lots of other things have happened since. So this is a a classic example of surrender. We were open, we saw what happened, it worked out, and all sorts of beautiful things have happened since then. So life will conspire to support you in what is genuinely the highest good for all. Life wants to support that, that benevolence. And a key aspect is the trust, is the patience to wait and see oftentimes. Because, you know, there's sometimes a period of time when things are rearranging in life where it maybe does not seem like things are aligning. Like before we found that place, we found some really misaligned places. It really was not aligned energy, you know. But we kind of, we stayed open, we stayed open. And in Michael Singer's story, like, oh my goodness, did he land in some situations? My golly, (laughs) that did not seem to be benevolent. They really didn't. But ultimately, they were. So it's that trust, that trust, that trust. That's right. It, it's not always fun and games. When we we had this guy who we swapped houses with, and we were under the impression that he had this nice house. We had this beautiful big house, we a Mercedes and everything, and in Kauai. And so he came to our house. We cleaned it all really nicely, and we got everything ready. Gave him the Mercedes and everything. He had this nice house. We went to his place. We had no idea what we were expecting. There was a bunch of roommates. It was this tiny little room. The whole thing was trashed. His bicycle, he had one bicycle, which didn't work. So we were like, what the hell are we doing here? I remember sitting out there on the bench going, why are we here? This is a, this is absurd. You know what I mean? We couldn't go anywhere because we didn't have any transportation. And, but that initial breakdown, freak out was short lived because life had some wonderful blessings for us. So along the path, we're going to have a lot of issues. I remember when I first met Ariel, um, she she reached out to me. And I was like, oh, I, you know, because people have know about me and know about like friends of friends and whatever else. And I was like, who is this person? Why is she reaching out to me? And I thought, no, I'm not going to see her, you know, because a lot of people, they want to meet us and we have, we just don't have time basically. But something in me said, why not? 
And I kept having resistance to to actually meeting her, but it ended up happening anyway. And as soon as she walked in the house, I could tell there was some reason for us meeting that was beyond my resistance. And it's been quite the adventure, Ariel. It's been quite the adventure. It has been 10 years since then, pretty much, nearly 10 years. But I had to overcome that initial resistance and trust that there's some huge benefit to this. And life will give us a lot of little um, signals. I've talked about this before. There are so many little messages and signs everywhere. So as part of the surrender, it's also paying attention, paying attention to life is speaking to you. I remember before I came to Kauai and the awareness had been developing for some time and life can be that way where we have the awareness and then there's a certain amount of time before we we step into it. But it was coming in all directions, people talking to me about Kauai. Uh, someone gave me a, a like a painting, it was beautiful, for my home with a dolphin on it. And, and it said, the calling Kauai. <laughs> <laughs> <That's so laughs> you know, funny. and what happened is it just, beca- just became so blatant, so obvious that I remember it was when... Um, and I was kind of getting pushed out of Austin, Austin, Texas. Like it was clear. I was, I was meant to leave. I remember my twin brother came and he wanted to move into Austin. We were living together and I just, I just felt like it was time. I was being moved, moved out and he was being moved into Austin. And, and so when this, you know, there might be one event, like there was this a workshop for a healing modality that I had just been introduced to and I felt, okay, that's it. It's in Kauai. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And then this beautiful angel in my life, like grandfather, Angel Douglas, goodness, if he ever hears this, but I'll just send him so many blessings. He was really supporting me at the time and, and being a very empowering presence in my life. Like my grandfather, really. And he came up to me and he said, well, why don't you ask me to pay for the ticket? You know, and these other situations happen with my own father and and different scenarios that completely provided all of the finances for it as well. So I think we're just kind of reminiscing and sharing magical stories of why surrender? Why surrender? Look at the beauty that unfolds far beyond our dreams, far beyond our vision, far beyond our imagination when we surrender. What a wonder, what a wonder. And even with our company Awakened Academy, that wasn't something we came up with. We were just teaching various different modalities and methods and people loved it. But then loads of people kept asking us, how do you do what you do? How can I be a teacher? How can I be an author? How can I be a coach? Our students kept asking this question again and again and again. And when you get asked something once, it's like, okay, that's just another question. But this kept happening again and again and again. How can we do this? We want to do it from different people all over the world. And 
we really took that on. That's the universe trying to tell us something. So after a deep meditation, we finally got the insight, women as spiritual leaders, women as spiritual, we got this divine light came through, empower women as spiritual leaders, because most people we work with women, and women are the ones who are going to bring about the new world. God bless the sisters, you know, the brother, of course the brothers can do it as well, but it's mostly the mothers actually and the women, the Shaktis. So we ended up creating Awakened Academy based on being asked again and again and again by people. We could have just ignored it and said, well, we're just going to carry on with what we're doing. But we decided, no, hang on a minute. There is a call here. How can we follow that call? And important to note, it was a call outside of our comfort zone. All of these calls. All of these calls that we get from life and certainly in Michael Singer's story, everything we've shared, it was outside of our comfort zone. And that's the other aspect, such an important aspect of this practice is that it's not always going to feel comfortable and oftentimes it won't. There's a beautiful quote from Mother Teresa, always choose the hardest path, don't go with the easiest. However, that path is like lined with diamonds lined with diamonds and gold and jewels and blessings. It is a hard, it is the hard path though. The easy path, it's easy, but it's not lined with those things. So, you know, oftentimes it's that surrender, not letting go of our comfort zone. Yes, not always easy. You know, I just recently went up to Colorado on a skiing trip, Telluride, it's a beautiful place. And I kept thinking this has got to be done. But when I actually booked the ticket, um, I had this dread come over me and I started having irrational fears of death. I don't know why, it was a bit strange. And I, I actually considered maybe this is not supposed to happen, you know, maybe I should just stay here. And the weather didn't seem very good, but I just did it anyway. And it turned out to be extremely beneficial on a number of levels for our relationship, for our work, for all new ideas. All these things started, couldn't have happened if I had just followed the comfort. The comfort zone is just do the same thing we're used to in the same situation with the same people. So we're dealing with this over and over again in our lives and it really makes a huge difference to where we end up, where you end up in your life. So we take the steps and life does come in to support us. In that story, it was it was amazing because Michael ended up renting this vehicle and the one that was given to him was like the most incredible power truck you could imagine so that driving in that snow is no problem. You know, life will always meet us when we are surrendered in our hearts to the highest good for all. So we've probably drilled in this point enough. <laughs> Maybe we're starting to get tired of it. Uh, but yeah, I think we just really wanted to like groove that in with story, with examples, so that that can really settle into your own consciousness, your own heart. And we really invite you to tune in with 
what life is calling for you, what life is asking of you, and surrendering to the highest good for all. So just tune into it. What is life asking of you? What is the universe telling you? And what is the way of going to the next level, the next level? The signs are all around us, but we have to be open to decoding the signs because we can ignore them. This is why one of the reasons that we keep going on about the problem with cell phones and the internet, because we, of course, there can be a lot of signs on those things. That's the irony is that the internet can provide a lot of signs, but it can also distract us from the magic. When I was away, we haven't got TV here, but when I was away, <laughs> they had a television. So I turned it on. I haven't had a TV in the house for 20 years, right? So I turned it on and I was like, oh my God, like there's so many channels. There's so much random stuff on there. If someone is watching television all the time, you can get really lost in that whole thing. And there's always something to what happened next and what about this and what's the score of this game and this and that and the other. And so we live in a society that's so horribly distracted that a lot of people can't tune into their intuition and into their signs that life's giving them. So it's really important if we want to surrender to the highest good of all to create space for silence and notice what is being delivered to really see it and then be willing to surrender to that even though it was very likely to be uncomfortable and even though oftentimes the rational mind will think it's a crazy idea you know, a lot of the time that kind of philosopher or rationalizer in the mind, and of course there's some benefit to that. I mean, we, it's good to have a mind. It's good to have reason. But oftentimes with this practice, the mind can put up a lot of fights and a lot of arguments for why not, why not to do it, kind of, you know, refuse to cooperate <laughs> so you know it's it's such a beautiful practice this is like a whole spiritual practice in itself to be surrendered to the highest good for all to do that back dive and you trust because you know the integrity of the energy field you're surrendering into you're definitely not surrendering to these weak energy fields these negative things, which that happens in the world too. And Michael will speak to that in a minute because it's important to distinguish. You are surrendering only to that highest benevolence, highest truth, highest good. So the highest good for all means the highest good for all. If there's all sorts of chaos and drama involved and causes all sorts of sorrow, then it's not the highest good. That's something we have to mention here because if we just see that life is telling us something and we say, okay, sure, then <laughs> we can end up in all sorts of problems. There's a film, I think it's called Yes Man or something like that with Jim Carrey. 
Uh, I think that was the name of the film, but he so he just says yes to everything, <laughs> and ends up with a Persian bride and all sorts of. Do you know what I mean? Like he, so you this <laughs> this can go the wrong way, right? If you take it too literally, so we have to tune into it. Tune into this does require quite a high level of intuition, and. We have to be honest, honest with ourselves about what is going on really. Honesty is the, is the really the key thing here, to, to be willing to have those hard conversations with ourselves and with others. And to really think what is the highest good for all. What, in what way can I be of service? The, the key thing here is the word service, serving others. This is not about just our own personal opinion about things. This is getting out of our personal opinion and saying, how can I be of service? What can I do to help others? That's really what it comes down to. In Michael Singer's book, everything he's surrendering to is helping other people. It's He could selfishly say, I don't want to do it, but he said yes, because it would help somebody. And Mother Teresa, of course, service, service, service. So what we're really opening up to is how can we be of greater service? How can we get outside of our own ego and our comfort zone and our limitations? And how can we expand into this greater awareness of life and greater awareness of others and show up at a higher level. Such a beautiful topic. I'm so grateful to have the blessing of sharing on this topic with you today. It's it's just so beautiful. And we thank you wholeheartedly for your presence, for your listening, loving presence, taking this in. And may this recording support you and give you wings to fly into that place of being lifted by life, into that highest good for all, the highest expression of your being, the highest service in our world. It's such an honor to connect with you so thank you many blessings and try it out try it out see what happens are you willing to give it a shot wonderful so thanks for your sacred presence hopefully this has been useful to you It's a fascinating topic, and when we look back into our lives, we will often see that the things that have been the greatest blessings for us are the things that we surrendered to, that were a little bit outside our comfort zone. And we did them anyway. And I actually think the reason some people have more interesting lives than others is very simply because they're willing to do different things outside their comfort zone. Some people literally live in the same town they were born in and they're now married to someone who they met at at their high school or something because they didn't expand beyond what they were used to. 
you know, not that there's anything wrong with that necessarily, but it's, there's this whole world and there's all these opportunities. Are we aware of them and are we open to them if it's the highest good for all? So much love, oceans of love. May you experience the sweetness, the nectar of this sweet, sweet, sweet surrender into the ocean of love, the ocean of light, the ocean of the highest good for all. And thank you, thank you, thank you in advance for your divine surrender and the great service that you do in our world. Om Shanti.